0: Welcome in everybody. This is Joel Radwanski, the coach. John Cohn, where is he? Well, he's in his house right now in his basement, and he's filing his nails and he's getting things sharp. He'll be back next week. He's just taking a bit of a sabbatical, so it'll be one and a half guys in the mic. It'll be me, Joel Radwanski, the big dog, and my producer David Olson, getting it done for you, the listener here at Two Guys in the Mic. There is a lot going on in the world of sports. There's a lot going on in the news of the weird. I got morality plays for you on the show today. I've got a little bit of advice, so you might want to hang on here, 888-463-6748. I have some questions going to be asking you later, and uh, this advice is going to be directly to the radio listener, because there's a, a radio listener this past week named Susan Cole. She messed up big time, and we'll get into that later on in the show. Now I, I understand coaches like angst with the he, he he rips on the music all the time. David Olson constantly he off air he complains about it. When is David going to get us new music? When's he, I, I don't. I think he should quit complaining because nothing gets me more fired up than hearing the of the of the and the two guys in the mic music. By the way, is that only our music? Please don't tell me I can listen at like three o'clock in the morning and and hear like the the shower show and and hear that music.
1: No, this that music is exclusive to this show on this network. So you, you heard that?
0: Exclusive to this network and this show. It's the only time you're ever going to hear that music to get you cranked up is when you're listening to two guys in a mic here weekdays at 10 a.m. And definitely plenty to talk about. Now, when coaches in here, I tend to go off the sports page uh, a little bit, and I definitely got some great stories for you. Some involving Sasha Baron Cohen when he wasn't even there, but he gets dragged down into the mud. Uh, a couple other pretty funny stuff, but uh, just might as well start it off right now with uh, the the Elite Eight games, which happened this past weekend. And man, there was some good basketball being played. And if you're a diehard basketball fan and had to put up with the first couple rounds of this tournament, I'm getting confused. It's like with first, second, third rounds, or Sweet 16. I got confused now that there's 68 teams. There's been a lot of bad basketball played. And I'm not just talking about this particular tournament, the fact that there wasn't a lot. There weren't any buzzer beaters over the, the first weekend. I'm talking about there's just been some ugly, ugly basketball being played on this tournament this year. And I don't mind low-scoring games because, to be quite honest, there's just something about two teams really going at it. You know, you know, a 90 to 85 game to me could be just as entertaining as as 50 to 45 if you got like two teams battling for every rebound, really trying to defend. But I'm not gonna try to mask what what happened the first couple rounds of of this tournament. There was just ugly basketball after ugly basketball. I know, like, teams like Florida State and, and, uh, like Louisville can really force you into playing ugly, ugly basketball. But yesterday, to be able to watch Kansas versus North Carolina still playing very aggressive defense, but to be able to run up and down the court and pass the ball freely and, and try to make some plays. And the same with Baylor, Kentucky. I was just like, thank you. I, I mean, I I try to consider myself a diehard sports fan and I don't have to have like high scoring stuff in order in order to be happy but I don't know if I could have been able to sit through another Louisville Michigan State game I mean when every single game of a tournament seems like it's excruciating nails to the chalkboard and you know like nobody can pass the ball freely or 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 get a an open look it, it was getting kind of frustrating but that all ended yesterday because the, the Final Four is finally here. The games on Saturday were pretty good in terms of uh, of whether or not we knew who was going to win, but they were ugly when uh, Ohio State and Louisville were able to advance to the Final Four. But yesterday's games, Baylor taking on Kentucky. you know, I, I didn't really rip on Baylor, but I was worried about Baylor all tournament for the simple fact that they had all this talent but they tended to play down to their opponents all year, so I I was afraid to pick them, get into the Elite Eight against Kentucky. Well, they played great in this tournament, and they they won their first three games when they were wearing those lime, fluorescent green uniforms where they may be the ugliest basketball uniforms in the history of college basketball, but my taste doesn't go along with the rest of America's taste because all over Twitter and Facebook, See how cool those uniforms that Baylor were wearing? <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't know if I exactly call those things cool, but the open play in the, uh, in the, uh, like open play out in the court of fast breaks, uh, alley oop dunks, uh, the Quincy AC. Oh my goodness. That guy right now, Quincy AC, if you threw him in the slam dunk contest this year in the NBA, he would have won it because just the dunk he did against, against Kentucky was better than anything anybody did in the NBA slam dunk contest. So, It's a, honestly, Kentucky Baylor and North Carolina Kansas, uh, really saved the final four in terms of like great basketball play going into it. Now you really can't get much better matchups between you got Ohio State taking on Kansas and then Louisville versus Kentucky to go to the final four. Folks, I mean, you know, it's it's always good to get Cinderella in there every, you know, every once in a while. You gotta love those stories, but every once in a while you just want titanic matchups. Kansas versus Ohio State. Now, Kansas obviously is a great basketball tradition, but they were supposed to be down this year. They lost four starters, uh, from last year's team that, uh, th- that was extremely good. They were the Big 12 champs. And Ohio State was everybody's preseason number one. Who's going to beat Ohio State? They got everybody back. This team is incredible. Well, they've underachieved, but then again, they may have underachieved. They're in the final four. They win two more games. They're national champions and, and nobody's going to, nobody's going to worry about that. Do-, do you got something for me, Dave? Okay, just, you're getting excited over that. I'm just getting excited too over the college basketball. And in the other game, you got Louisville taking on Kentucky. Folks, these are in state rivals. They're only about 50 miles apart. These are two of the great basketball traditional schools in America. Without question, Kansas and Kentucky are in that upper echelon of the, like, the top four. And then you got, like, the Ohio states and the Louisville's, which are, you know, top 15 perennially national Contender, so what a what a phenomenal matchup. So you get back Louisville versus Kentucky. Now they used to play every single year back in the early 1900s, but believe it or not, there were so many fights in the stands and it was so contentious they decided to quit having this yearly rivalry. And then now they only play in uh, uh, actually in the tournament. Now they played once like in 1987 when Rex Chapman was at Kentucky. They play every once in a while, but it has not been a yearly thing, and this is one thing that I I was shocked when I read this this morning. Louisville versus Kentucky. This would be the first time in-state teams have met in the Final Four since 1962. It's been 50 years since two teams from the same state played each other in the Final Four. Uh, Back in 62 was Cincinnati beating uh, Ohio State, and that Ohio State team was pretty good. Jerry Lucas and John Havlicek. The Cincinnati team was pretty good too. They had a guy by the name of, uh, well, no, Oscar Robertson wasn't there anymore. He had just left. So that was one of the huge upsets in the history of college basketball is when Ohio State lost to Cincinnati that year. But the first year this has ever happened, I'm shocked that nobody in North Carolina ever met or California all those years. UCLA went to the Final Four that a, another uh, uh, institution from California never made it. So 50 years before anything like that's happened. So I'm I'm really fired up for the Louisville, Kentucky game. And quite honestly, I always root for the Big Ten teams when uh, they're in the tournament. And I, I do remember a caller we had last week, and he he ripped, or two weeks ago, he ripped the Big Ten. And then I came out and I, I fired back. Well, I don't know how you look at how the Big Ten has done in this tournament, because they went five and one, and they they everybody but Michigan at least won a game, and then they basically got knocked out pretty quick after that. So I guess if Ohio State ends up winning this title, us as Big Ten fans can get puffy chested if not another kind of disappointing another disappointing tournament for the Big 10 but Ohio State taking on Kansas and obviously as a Big 10 fan I'm rooting for Ohio State versus Kansas but I'm a diehard Illinois fan watching Bill Self on the on the sidelines for the University of Kansas I I I do remember when when Bill Self was replaced I wanted Illinois to hire Thad Mata. they hired Bruce Weber and and at the time I was like oh okay that's a good hire Bruce Weber's a good coach Looking back now, I was wrong. I admitted I was definitely wrong about that. But Bill Self is still at Kansas, and trust me, this game on Saturday, I told one of my best friends, diehard uh, Ohio State fan, I will be wearing scarlet from the top of my head to my toes on Saturday, pulling for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And the other game, you got the great Kentucky team, which we don't know how good they are now, because everybody's freshmen, and it's kind of hard to get a grasp of how good these guys are, but... Ten years from now, after the whole team's in the NBA, we'll probably have a better idea of how good this Kentucky team is. Is it one of the, the great teams we've had in college basketball that's just really young? Or is it you know a bunch of guys with a, a bunch of talent and a bunch of hype, and will they ever be anything? But th- this Kentucky team is loaded with nothing but NBA players. and And Louisville has one of the largest human beings I've ever seen. Uh, David, have you seen uh, the Louisville Cardinal play yet, Rick Pitino's team? Okay, Rick, Rick Pitino, you know vying for another national championship at a at a different school. He, obviously, he won one at Kentucky in 1996 before he left, and and uh, you know Tubby Smith took over. They've got a center called Jiang D i e n g. The guy, the young man's from Africa. This dude is as big as any guy in the tournament, and very similar. To Kentucky and Anthony Davis, where everybody funnels all the, the guys that they're defending towards Anthony Davis so he can block his shot and knock it into the, into the stratosphere. Well, this guy Jang, who doesn't have the hype that Anthony Davis, well, he's got the work ethic of, of somebody great because he's turned himself into a real good athlete that was massive 30 games later. He's a real good athlete that's massive, that is now a basketball player. Watch out for that guy. Everybody's loving Anthony Davis. This Jane guy might be the second guy taking overall in a pick. You don't find too many, you know, seven foot guys that could run the floor and whose knuckles go past their knees. I mean, this dude is legit. Him and Anthony Davis, what a matchup. Anthony Davis more skilled. Our kid from Chicago. Uh, don't forget this kid who's gonna be most likely the the national player of the year, unless the kid Robinson gets it from Kansas, who, by the way, oh, my goodness, talk about putting a team on his back. Thomas Robinson uh, uh, of Kansas, you know, you put a team on your back and you've carried them to the Final Four. It's no surprise to me for the simple fact what you've done for your little sister. I mean, this guy, they lost both of his parents, him and his little sister, and he's just basically raised his little sister ever since. So putting a college team on your back, you know, is, is really not that big of a surprise. But, uh, besides Thomas Robinson, the other guy that has the best shot at National Player of the Year is Anthony Davis. And everybody's talking about how great he is. This is the best player he's going to play up against all year long. And the, the biggest difference is Jang is bigger, but Anthony Davis, when he was a junior in high school, was six foot three. By the time of the end of his junior year, he was six seven. By the time he was a, a senior, he was six foot 11, and his knuckles go past his knees, too. This guy is about as long as anything. So, you got Anthony Davis with the skills of a guard playing center, and it's watching him play. Just, I've never seen a guy block so many shots and then dribble down the court with the ball and shoot a three. He shouldn't be doing too much of that, shooting a three, but he can do it. It's just extremely impressive. So, I'm really, really fired up for the final four. I'm, I'm going to have to admit at the, at the beginning of this tournament, just with, with no Illinois teams in there, Northwestern barely, uh, missing it. The whole debacle, which is the, the University of Illinois' uh, basketball program right now. I'm going to, I'm going to get into that when I get done with this. It was just very difficult for me to get into it. And all of a sudden I got these matchups and I'm fired up for the final four. Should be really, really excellent. So 888 463 for any of your, your thoughts on the NCAA tournament and, uh, Just want to go to Illinois here now. I'm a diehard Illinois fan, and the past couple months have been absolutely ridiculous if you're a diehard Illinois fan in terms of, is this really happening to this program? Now, in terms of nonprofit sports like uh, women's lacrosse, men's golf, gymnastics, Illinois is great. So as a matter of fact, Illinois' women's program in the ESPN contest to see uh they rank all the sports that you have. they put point totals, and the best way I can tell you on the men's bracket uh like lacrosse and football are worth the same. so Alabama didn't get extra points for winning the the football title as opposed to like Indiana winning the men's soccer title. Everything is equal well illinois women's program they're they're ranked third overall out of the all the division one schools that's that's pretty good, so they must be having a good year. And, the, and on the men's side, men's golf, men's wrestling, gymnastics, all incredible. But the, the profit sports, football and basketball. Illinois has been a, a great basketball program for many years. Uh, football, they've done everything from being national title contenders in the 20s and, and 40s and 50s, having a couple of good teams in the 60s and 80s, and basically being non-existent the last 20 years besides a couple handful of uh, you know really good seasons. Well, we Michael Hogan, the pre, the president that took over for Illinois two years ago, has has resigned under an extremely contentious, uh, you know, points. While you were gone, Michael Hogan, the, the president of Illinois, resigned, David. And the best way I can tell you is when he resigned, everybody else in the faculty was like, thank God I couldn't stand the guy. I've never heard so much. I'm glad he's gone when somebody left as this guy did. Normally, it's like, oh, we had some differences. He moved on. The people who talked about it they were like he was horrible. It was I, I've never heard somebody talked about it so poorly when it wasn't like a criminal.
1: But but he didn't really move on. He's still on staff for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year.
0: So is that another reason why there it's so contentious? Why there is Well yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They made him a tenured professor. So there's really nothing that they're gonna have to pay this guy. Yeah, no matter yeah. what.
0: Yeah. What yeah. see that's that's what I'm that's how ugly the situation is. Well, obviously the whole football coaching hire didn't go the way us fans did, and, and uh, Tim Beckman was hired. Well, now Illinois is looking for a basketball coach. Now, I can understand they might not be able to get an elite football coach. Uh, I, well, let's be real here. But basketball, you're at University of Illinois. This is a team that makes Final Four runs, Big Ten championships. you got Chicago, two hours north. If anybody hasn't noticed, look around the Division One rosters of college basketball. Look at the NBA. How many people are from Chicago? You have the ability to... To get good really quick, yet everywhere they look, I didn't want Chaka Smart. the The current AD wanted him, uh, offers him the job, he turns it down. All of a sudden, I hear, oh, they're going to give it to Brad Stevens now. They're going to, and I was like, that's the guy I want. I want Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is like, no, I don't, I don't want to go to Illinois. I, I, I don't know if it's got long term stability. Was his reason? Illinois, no. So now we're, I'm stuck as a diehard Illinois fan. Nobody wants to coach the basketball team. I, uh, the fact that this has ever happened. I'm going to admit, being like, you know what, I like, the football team I can see, there's, it's been kind of rough at Illinois football the last 20 years. But for them not to be able to attract a basketball coach, what's going on with the AD and the president over there? Legitimately, the Illinois basketball job five years ago was one of the top ten or better jobs in the United States of America. That's how far it's fallen. And I, I don't know how. I don't know who they're going to get. But it's funny. If they get a good coach, it'll be turned around that quick. Immediately, they're contending for Big Ten championships, going to Final Fours again. It'll only take one guy who truly, truly believes. So that's my basketball. I'm going to be done with that. Now, the Cubs made a little bit of an announcement this week, and not, not a major one, uh, but they announced that Ryan Dempster is going to be their opening day starter as, as I transition into the Cubs, 888-463-6748. It's not going to last too long on it, but I think this is more the fact that Ryan Dempster's the good guy, the hard worker, everybody loves him because quite honestly, who's the best pitcher on the Cubs? Is it Matt Garza or is it Ryan Dempster? Anybody who watched baseball last year or a year before or year before that, all realize the Cubs best pitcher is Matt Garza, a real quality number 2 starter in major league baseball. And uh obviously the best pitcher on the Cubs, well he is the Cubs number 2 starter and the and the Cubs number 1 starter is a very quality number 4 starter in major league baseball. Sorry, Ryan Dempster, I, I like you as a guy, I love you as a person, but a uh, number one starter, it it's, it's just basically shows that this year, if you are a Cub fan, a quality season will mean this, you're able to trade Ryan Dempster and Alfonso Soriano and Marlon Bird and get prospects for them. <coughs> Excuse me. If you don't want to hear that, I, I'm really sorry, but to be honest with you, I am a extremely optimistic Cub fan. And... If you don't believe me, go to Facebook, request to be friends with a guy by the name of this year, man. A guy that wants to change the outlook of Cub fans this year. Have them truly believe. Now, even though I'm saying this might be contradicting myself because I really don't think they have a shot at winning the World Series, I just want Cub fans to no longer just be like, oh, we lost, the season's over. Oh, you know, if the Cubs do get in the playoffs and they're down by one run, they don't put their head down. Oh, we lost. I'm trying to change this whole atmosphere of the Chicago Cubs. Check them out this year, man. Uh, But when I look at this year, uh, to me, Theo, uh, Theo Epstein has taken over, and I really think that they are just basically laying down the groundwork. They don't even care if they win a game this season. They are truly trying to dump every bit of salary and try to acquire as many prospects as they possibly can. And to be quite honest with you, I'm extremely happy about it. As a Cub fan, I've been asking them for years, please dump some salary. You know, in the middle of July, when you're 25 games out behind the Cardinals and you know you can't, can't catch them, I don't care if you win 73 games. I want you to be able to win a World Series. So, uh, this year as a Cub fan, just a, just a little reminder. Go out to games, have a good time, enjoy yourself. And the future is definitely getting better. I, I honestly think that Theo Epstein's making the right choices, doing uh, the right things to to get him in the right direction. Uh, why Dale Swain has decided Ryan Dempster number one? I would only have to say because legitimately he may be one of the hardest working players in all of baseball. That's one guy that you know if he's pitching poorly, it's not because he Kyle Farnsworth and decided to go to Sports Corner and get so drunk he. Passed out on a table the night before. The guy runs stairs. He works out. It's good. So, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's the the last time he'll ever be the number one starter for the Chicago Cubs. But Ryan Dempster, the number one starter for the Chicago Cubs. Now, uh, David Olson, my man, you're the you're the constant White Sox fan uh, on the program. You now you were down in in Disney World with with a family plus uh, other children from your family. So and, and wife expecting too. You total all that up. I'm just glad you're here. And you look good. And you're not more gray than you were before you left. I just want to let you know. It's about the same. No, I did survive. You survived, And there was also a stop off in Fort Myers there. So. Oh, okay. That's good.
1: So There's a home of the Home of the twins and, uh. Boston Red Sox play about two miles from each other.
0: By, by any chance, did you stop by a little spring training game just to? Get I did to not. I did not
1: because uh, spring training in that area is extremely popular and the games actually sell out.
0: Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, okay.
1: Particularly, particularly the Red Sox. Yes. Yes. I mean, there was. Uh, it's like there were a lot of Boston fans down there. Uh, a lot.
0: Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers. I don't care where you're at. There's fans of those four teams somewhere.
1: Wherever you go, yeah, you know. it's surprising the the Twins sell out, too.
0: That, that is a little surprising, uh, yeah. honestly. Well, the I Twins mean, don't they, travel. They, the
1: Twins have been there for years, and the Red Sox... Well, I guess the Red Sox moved down there not too long ago, and they just got this new... They got a mini version of Fenway Park built for them.
0: Yes. And it's, it, now, did they do something like a resort community, too, so, like, Red Sox fans could, yes. like... Okay, yes. See, that's the new thing. You don't just build a spring training complex anymore. You do that, and then you build... Hundreds of resorts that you charge $300 a night on and that pays for spring training basically for the, that's a, not a bad idea actually. It's really no, not, not a bad, bad idea.
1: Not bad at all. Uh-huh. Not
0: bad at all. Cause there's a, there's a lot of ways that baseball teams make money and you know, I gotta just gotta sometimes just swallow my pride and just be like, you know what, that's capitalism. And you, I, I like capitalism and that's sometimes, that's the, the, the drawback. But stuff like that, that's a great way to come up with an idea to, to make money for your team and, and get your fans a little bit closer. Now, obviously it's not going to be fans like me right now. Hopefully it'll be a fan like me in five years when I get my act together and actually start making some money and that it is for the rich, but still to, I, I think it's, it's a pretty cool idea. And as, as a kid, Oh my goodness, my parents were like, Hey, we're going to go down to Tucson for, or Mesa, Arizona for a week, Joel. And you're going to hang out at cub spring training. You're not going to go on any rides or anything. I'll be like, just bring me my baseball. mitt and a bat. I'll meet you down in Mesa. No problem. So that that would be that'd be awfully cool. So uh did you see any of the resorts are they like first class or is it just like, you know, hotel?
1: No, I did, I did not see uh-huh. any of the resorts. Just 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 one cuz no, I drove I drove by the new stadium but that you uh, know that was that was about as close as I got. So yeah,
0: those things are just supposed to be spectacular. These new the Dodgers did something like that. It's I yeah, think the the new era uh, of what's going on with uh spring training. Now a coach wants to do that one one year go down to spring training. I would do it. I'm not really looking forward to it, but if I did something like that, I I would rather, uh, do my first trip in Las Vegas, drive to some games in Arizona, and and fly back out of Vegas.
1: Well, seriously, if you're going to, if you're going to do that in Florida, I mean, you fly into Tampa Mm -hmm. because there are teams in Tampa, Sarasota, and Fort Myers. And Clearwater,
0: too, and all that?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and they're not that far apart. Like, you, like Tampa and Fort Myers are like an hour and 15 minutes apart, and Sarasota is right in the middle of them, so.
0: Very good. And then Florida, this time of year, well, it wasn't as beautiful as last week, and it was 80 degrees every single day. Oh, my goodness. That was absolutely fine. But riding my bike here this morning, realize that it can get awfully, awfully chilly in the city of Chicago. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. How dare they have March weather in March, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. After last week, I'm going to deal with it. But I am going to complain before I move on to some of like, the news of the weird and uh and, and ask some people what you would do in this morality play and also give you guys some advice about what not to do when you call in the show, when you call in 888-463-6748. Uh, totally lost track of what I was saying. Uh, oh, when I was riding my bike here, I had, uh, somebody just scream Oh, loser! You know, yeah, I ride my bike all everywhere. I've been riding it for years and, uh, it's really cool because I can ride from my house to work and it costs me this much. While people yell, loser, hey, you ride your bike. You know, it's funny, it's like while these people were screaming loser at me today, I just thought for a second, I, all weekend I'm on Facebook, I hear people complaining, oh, $4.50 for gas. The guy that screamed loser to me, because, you know, I was on the right side of the other uh, street and he kind of had to slow down during a, a small section, was probably the guy that gets home and posts on Facebook, I can't believe I had to spend $80 and fill it up my tank. People, if if you're on the, you see a bike rider on the side of the road, why do you have to yell out the window at this person? Scream something to him. Well, you, does it make you feel better? Because I guarantee, if you pulled the car over on the side of the road and, and you got out, you probably wouldn't be yelling anything at me. You'd probably be like, oh, this guy probably broke me. So if you don't have enough wavos to yell it at the guy's face, don't yell it at him as he, as you ride past and almost hit the guy on the bike. Maybe you should be paying attention. Just just throwing it out there. I, I just, I, I just had a laugh. I take it. It's like once every two or three days I'll be riding. And I just, why do people yell at bike riders? What do we do? So what do we do? do, do? I'm I just wondering. We're keeping. We don't increase the gas prices. We don't. You don't have to wait for us. And I, is it just the fact that you're mad that, when the city of Chicago, I can get anywhere in the city faster than you can in your car? Is that what it is? It is. It is. So if you're driving out there and you respect bike riders, thank you very much. I appreciate it. For those of you that are willing to scream at me at the top of your lungs, please pull over and yell at me. I would much rather have you guys do that. 888-463-6748. Speaking of pulling over on the highway, this is where the morality play comes in, people. I want want to know what you would do. Last Thursday in Maryland, as a matter of fact, what's what's the name of this city? Got to make sure I get it right. I don't don't want to mess this up, but it's uh, Hagerston. Is this right? Hagerston, Maryland? Check this out, people on uh on two seventy uh a uh armored truck armored vehicle was going down the highway door opens two bags of clear bag money falls out of the back of the truck, and money gets dispersed into the air fifty seven hundred dollars now nobody knows how much money there is, but money is flying along the highway. thirty cars at least thirty cars pulled over and just started collecting money. People running onto a highway when the wind is blowing, trying to avoid getting it. Now, I shouldn't say luckily. Maybe we'd be better off, like, thinning the herd a little bit. Nobody was injured whatsoever. But the quotes coming out of these people's minds, it's just unbelievable. Like, hey, it was free money. Another person, I didn't mind it's insured. Forget about being insured. Do you know what happens when you get out of a car on a highway? People get hit. You get hit by a car doing 60, you die. Is it worth as a matter of fact, there was one woman who talked about she was I was driving down the road and a one dollar bill hit my windshield. And I looked around, there was other bills. So I pulled over to go pick them up. Okay, I can see a, a hundred or a, maybe even a twenty hits your windshield. There's are there other twenties? If one dollar bill hits my windshield and I'm driving. There's no way I'm stopping, and and I'm the poorest dude you know. There's nobody with less money than me. And there's no way I am stopping a car on a highway and chasing down cash. Now, I do love truth when when people come out, because they've asked a bunch of people what you would do. Just to let you know, of the at least 30 cars that stopped along the highway, the Hagerstown uh, police chief has asked, if you bring the money back, no questions asked. Just bring the money back. We, we we're not going to charge you anything. You can go because technically this is it, it's theft. You can't just pick up people's money. You're supposed to hand it back to them if they dropped it. Well, nobody has come back and returned the money. So out of the plus thirty, nobody's done the right thing. But when asked, I keep on during this uh, during this article I read on Toshiba.com. What people would do, everybody's like, oh, I would give the money back. Oh, you would? Then How come none of the 30 actually did it? One woman, she was really good about it. She's like, well, the first thing I would do is to check the armored car to make sure everybody was all right. And the second thing I would do was stuff as much money as I possibly could down my shirt and leave as fast as I possibly can. And then the the reporter asked the asked the woman, do you have children? She's like, yes. What would you do if your children were there? Uh, I would check on the people and tell my kids it's not right to take any of the money. I thought that was pretty funny because she at least admitted, yeah, if my kids weren't there, I would take the money and never return it and totally disappear. So I like the truth because everybody else was, I would definitely return. I would call the police, make sure no one else was stealing it because it's bad karma. Tell the truth. And and and, and I'm being I'm being totally honest when I tell you I wouldn't pull over. I My Uncle Dennis, who... uh passed away in 1999, another one of my family members who died at the age of 57. And he was a vibrant man, uh, owned his own towing company, owned a bunch of stuff. And on a real, real nasty day, sometimes he would have to do the tows. And he would always tell me, never, ever, ever get out of your car on a highway. That's how people die. And as a man who towed stuff on highways, he he would see it once a week. Some guy, oh, I'm going to change my tire. He would say, drive off on the side of the road, wreck your rims, do not get out on the highway. He died because some idiot drove wrong on the highway when he was making a tow and hit him. I listen to my uncle. So when I say I wouldn't get out of a car, I promise you I wouldn't. But I will tell you this. if somehow a bunch of money out of an armored car I ended up with, I am not going to lie. I wouldn't return it. Okay, so just to let you know, I'm going to give you my morality play. I, I would worry more about my life than trying to pick up some dollars. But if it accidentally blew into my pocket, I would not be in any rush to return insured money back to a bank. So I thought i throw it out there. Now, what would you do, David? No, no, you're not, your kids aren't in the car. You got nowhere to go and you're driving and you see, and you feel it's safe to get out. Okay. If you feel it's safe to get out, you see cash flying in the air all over the highway. I mean, like, it's like the, it was described as one of those snow shakers. You know, you shake it. That's what, that's what the highway supposedly looked like at the time.
1: <sighs> I'd probably go after the cash, but I'd be nervous once i had it because where did the cash come from whose mm-hmm. cash is it because yeah if, if if it was a bank drop or something like that uh-huh. or if it was federal funds they'd all be in order and they'd have a record of the serial number
0: yes excellent point so yeah
1: you know, now if they had just picked it up from like a bunch of night deposits and stuff and it was random mm-hmm. well then they're you know and, and you have, have no idea with
0: it so yeah and you have no idea at that point and you know so it, it, that's one of those things so if you if you have if you did pick that money up on the highway and you and you didn't return it you might want to spend that money at a flea market okay you you, <laughs> you don't want to put it into your bank account you know some people will be dumb enough to do that they'll be dumb enough to do it and they'll be like oh why didn't you return this uh this 800 bucks that you found later on on the highway uh i don't know but the the funny thing about it is there were people picking up change in the middle of the lanes cuz it wasn't just bills change fell out there's no amount of change that I will crawl out onto a highway to pick up and keep looking to make sure a car isn't coming. A 50, yeah, I might run and come back. Okay, I'm going to admit that, but I, no way for some change I'm going to do that. So 888-463-6748. Um, talk about morality plays. Uh, yeah, I, I get into, I, I'm neither Republican or Democrat. People tend to think I'm Republican on the show because coach, is, is a Democrat, and I just try to bring him down off the high horse sometimes, being like, you know, you might want to rethink your love of the Democratic Party. That's, you know, what is or what is, I, I don't want to get all into that. But uh, right now, obviously, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney and Rick Santorum are, are vying for the Republican nomination. And it looks like Mitt Romney has a real strong lead, almost insurmountable. But the simple fact is, Rick Santorum keeps gaining and gaining and gaining. As And as a matter of fact, he basically swept Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. And uh, if you listen to the show a lot, I, I basically talked about how much I really don't like Mitt Romney, uh, this whole Bain investment things they did. I, I do not like uh, corporators who come in and burn out companies and just bankrupt them. I have no problem. Sometimes you do need to bankrupt companies, and sometimes it costs people's jobs it, because that's what it has to do if you just go in and – Bankrupt them and uh, siphon out the were retirement stuff, and that, that, that I feel a little differently. But Rick Santorum and Mitt Romney are going against each other, and Mitt re- Mitt Romney sometimes I swear to you thinks it's 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 eighteen sixty. His ideas on gay marriage, uh, just everything like socially is just the guy thinks it's eighteen sixty. The idea that he could actually run for president nowadays and actually get votes is just shocking to me. And the fact that he could absolutely sweep Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi yesterday, dominate those states over Mitt Romney—does anybody realize what this guy stands for? Is that basically what's going on? Do you know in uh, now in Mississippi is is interracial marriage still illegal? It's It 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 it, 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 must, it changed real recently. I know that was up for like recently was up. We live in two different Americas. I, 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 really swear we do. We, there's the, the southern section of America between like Louisiana to Georgia and then the, the rest of America. There's like two different, when, when I've been in the South, like I, I, one of my best friends is African American. He's like, I don't mind going to the South because at least I know the people who don't like me. I, when I'm in Chicago, I could be talking to you, Joel, and you might be the worst racist ever, but you're just fake. People in Chicago will fake it and they act like they like you. You go to Mississippi and they'll be like, boy, you're not going to come in here. And I leave. And I'm like, really? It's that. And it really hasn't changed. And the fact that Rick Santorum can actually beat Mitt Romney in Louisville, I mean, Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi, that's, it's, and dominate the states. That just barely win. You know what I mean?
1: Don't forget how evangelical those states are and the fact
0: that Mitt Romney's a Mormon. Yes. And that, yes. So the, that, You're exactly right, Dave, so I shouldn't be so, oh, it's only because of that. But uh, just to let you know, one of Mitt Romney's, excuse me, Rick Santorum said that God will inspire him while he's president to make the right decisions. I would much, hopefully what he meant by that was give him extra energy to read and reason out through things to make sure he's making the right decisions. Obviously, he's not going to win, so I'm not really worried about that. But we do live in two different worlds. And I, and I and to honestly think that right now we have a president whose middle name is Hussein, African American, and then he's going to be running against either like a guy that uh, thinks that the world is fifty two hundred years old, like Rick Santorum, or Mitt Romney, who's uh, who is uh, a Mormon. And if you don't know what the Mormons believe, people, uh, there was a guy by the name of Brigham Young who learned his teachings from Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith saw an alien. Come down from the planet Sirius and tell him that the Mormons were the people that were brought here by other aliens, and we're here to spread, you know, uh, the the word of of Christ and all this other stuff. It's a very strange thing that we got going on now. Uh, we've come to the point where it's 2012, and we have two people running for president for the Republicans, and one thinks the world's 5200 years old, and the other one is uh their faith faith is based on the fact that aliens came down to I- inspire joe smith just something i want to throw out there you know who would ever would have thought in 2012 that's what's going on but it just goes to show that in the united states we will change by not changing at all it's very very good 888-463-6748 so let me get off my political hot box because let's let's face it i don't know that much about politics one thing i do know is uh there's a guy by the name of Barat, Sasha Barracone, The character he plays is Barat. And last Friday, one of the craziest things I think in the and he had nothing to do with this. Normally, you know, like he does, he's always doing stuff to, <coughs> excuse me, like draw attention. You know, uh, do something so shocking like what he did, to Ryan Seacrest. What did he do? Dump flour? Or something? I forgot what he did. What did he do? He dump flour? Everybody Kim Jong Il's ashes. That's right. The Cam Jong. I forgot. You're the one who told me about it. You know. So he's always doing something wacky or crazy. Well, I, I remember when he put his butt down on Eminem's face. I was so happy about that. That was freaking phenomenal. Okay. Um, well, this past on Friday uh, in Kuwait there was a shooting competition and national teams were there. Okay. And uh, a guy by the name of Dmitry Kakarokov, I don't. I don't think I got the last name right, but. It, he was the gold medal winner at this shooting competition, and he happens to be from Kazakhstan. And if anybody has ever seen the movie Barat, social musings of some guy benefit of Kazakhstan, whatever, it's like, you know, it's the the movie about Barat where he's go, going across the country trying to meet uh Pamela Anderson. Well, during the middle of that movie, they play the Kazakhstan national anthem. It's a fake national anthem. Okay, they go to a, a rodeo, and it's one of the great scenes. Is they go to a rodeo and he sees the the Kazakhstan national anthem before he sings the 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 U.S. national. It was funny when he singing the U.S. national anthem, there was a there was a clown with a flag on a on a steer and he fell off. It's one of the funniest scenes of that movie. But what ends up happening at this shooting competition when the the guy from Kazakhstan won, they played the national anthem that Sasha Baron Cohen sang. In Barat. I'm not making this up. It actually happened on Friday. The guy thought that was the national anthem and he queued it up and played it. And all of a sudden he's listening to it and he's like, Oh no, this really isn't the, the national. He didn't even realize it. Okay. So while this is going on, if you haven't heard the song, it's pretty easy. Just go to Barat. If you, you can YouTube it. Just put on national shooting team Barat and the, it'll come up immediately. The guy on the stands was like totally, at first he's like, What? What's going on? And then he was, like, really angry, and then about a minute in, when Barat starts singing, sing, because the song is about the fact that Kazakhstan has the best potassium exports of any country in the world. That's, And then they have the cleanest prostitutes of all the region. And other things that go along with that. Well, the guy is on stage at this event, this international event, and he finally just starts laughing. He's like, what, what can I do? So, not, <laughs> make things even worse. When the Serbian national uh, team won another event, they played the wrong national anthem. They played the Croatian national anthem. Now, the Kazakhstans were upset. like They get mad enough that Sasha Baron Cohen, everybody thinks if you're a Kazakh, you're illiterate, you're crazy, you have sex with your sister. That's really, really insulting. Let me tell you something. Croatians and Serbians do not get along. They hate each other. It's cats and dogs. The idea of them playing the Croat national anthem when a Serbian is on is—I I, I, don't—I can't even. Th- it's like sing, it's like a Michigan fan singing the Ohio State fight song. Okay, it just is not supposed to happen. But imagine that instead of being angry about it, imagine blood spill. It's totally different. These people have been at war since Franz Ferdinand, since the 1480s. These people have been at war, and they played the wrong national anthem at the same event. And you know what the funny thing is? When they talk about this event, uh, uh, on the internet, 99% of it is the fact that they played the Borat. And they're like, oh, and by the way, they accidentally played the Croatian national anthem during the, when the Serbian won. And that was like one sentence. I'm like, really? I want to know what happened with that. People must have lost their mind. If you remember, the, 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 the hatred is so deep. Vlade Divak, when the whole Yugoslavian national team was together, when it was Croats and Serbs, they loved each other. Like, hey, we're basketball players. We're not in the middle of the war. Well, Vlade Divac, after they won a gold medal European event, he threw, uh, I forgot if he's Serbian or Croatian, and I'm pretty sure he's Serbian. I don't want to get that wrong. He put his flag over his, over his neck. Quite simply, the team split up immediately after that. They're like, you're, that's, you can't have political stuff going on. So, they got so upset that he put this flag on. They basically were not playing with you anymore, and the team split apart. And one of the, the greatest international basketball team that wasn't American was that Yugoslavian team, and they were split up right then. And, and so there's a very, very deep-seated hatred between Cro, Croats and, and the Serbs. Yet when this happens, they make a big deal out of some guy talking about clean prostitutes. So that just shows you where where our heads are uh, as people because that was the that was the one that got everybody a- a- extremely upset. So eight 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 four six three sixty seven uh forty eight and uh definitely a lot of stuff going on in in the world of sports. Now yesterday on Sunday, I was sitting there thinking I you know I yelled up to Claudia I'm like this is like a perfect day. Tiger Woods is in Bay Hill in contention, and he basically cruises for a win. And it, it was really cool to watch him make shot after shot after shot. Well, then I would go to basketball, and then I would turn on in, in California. The race was on the Fontana race. Now, that ended up being rained out. I, d- I didn't get to see the end, but, you know, I yell up at cut. All I need is a Cubs game. They're on! Put on WGN! Is Yesterday, one of the, the last great days for sports. I, I, I was uh, extremely happy about it. Uh So just let's show Tiger Woods. Yesterday, there was, it's really cool they have these shot trackers now, where kind of like how Fox tried to do with, uh, with hockey and they put the, the trailer, uh, on the hockey puck and all that. Well, they're doing that with, with golf now. And it's absolutely amazing how, like, Tiger has changed. They were showing, oh, this was Tiger two months ago when he needed to do a cut shot. And they, whatever a cut, I guess it's like kind of like you automatic slice and you get the ball to, to stay as opposed to the fade or, or whatever, and they're showing Tiger, and like his arms are flying up and all that. They're like, well, he needs to do a cut shot here. We'll see what happens. Every shot he made yesterday, David, was exactly where it was supposed to be. And he got to the point he had such a lead that he just didn't want to mess up, so he played everything safe, and he's like, I'm going to hit the ball right there. And he just hit it exactly. How does a guy play so poorly for two years, and all of a sudden he looks like he's the same Tiger Woods that he was uh, you know, two, three years ago. And this isn't just because he won. I, I watched the event. I was absolutely astonished by how every ball was going exactly where he wanted to go. The whole tournament he did this. Now, he's been known for, since he's been coming back, we're having three good rounds and one horrific round that cost him the tournament, is basically what happens. Well, on Saturday, he could, he had that hole early where he could have done it. One of the most amazing things. Now, they talk about how Tiger Woods can concentrate unlike any other athlete. But yet, if you break that concentration, it totally messes up. I I don't get that. That must mean he doesn't concentrate that well. Because he's one of those guys where in his backstroke, if you, like, click a camera, he freaks out and starts yelling at people, oh, you can't do that. Well, if your concentration was so good, should it make any difference how much noise was going on? By the way, the Bay Hill yesterday was the Arnold Palmer Classic. And Arnold Palmer always talked about he's like being quiet as a I never understood that you don't have to you can make as much noise around me he's like I'm looking at a ball as long as you don't get in my vision of the ball uh you won't break my focus and he would prove that one so he went out on a green and had people like playing trumpets and screaming at him and right when he was about to hit the ball, they had a beautiful girl walk by in a bikini and high heels he sank the putt he's like yeah i I, I don't understand why people need quiet and all that stuff and if Arnold Palmer doesn't need it, he's one of the greatest ever. Well, it really messes Tiger up. On Saturday, I forget which hole it was. It was either 9 or 13. He Comes up to the approach, and in his back stro- stroke, he comes up. And right when he starts bringing it down, in the tent right next to him, a man had fainted. And right when the man fainted, a woman screamed, a shrill scream, not like, oh, no, like, ah, like, like somebody had died. It was right before Tiger was a- And he tried to stop The stroke, and I guess he couldn't do it. He hits the back end of the ball, and it goes about 200 yards, but it takes a left turn, and it's the worst shot of the whole entire tournament. I'm not not any good at golf, so you could yell at me or whatever. I don't understand, but how could the greatest golfer that we've ever seen, who's playing at the top of his level right just uh, this past weekend he was, be so affected by somebody screaming at the top of their lungs. Did you happen to see that highlight that it is freaking hysterical. He literally just dropped his 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 club in the middle of a of the stroke and like and then starts like what the heck is wrong with people and like he freaked out about it. Tiger, you know, you're going to get distractions. Maybe you would be better off just not worrying about it. I guess it didn't matter because you end up the next shot you made after that was the best shot you made all tournament. Got right back on the, the fairway. Uh, everything was, was quite all right, but th- that was one of the funnier highlights I think I've ever seen. He really looked afraid. He dropped, he dropped the, 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 the club and started looking around. He couldn't figure out where the noise was coming from, but Tiger Woods finally gets a W and, and the shriek has ended. So now it's like immediately right after he won the tournament, I said to my friends, the first question on SportsCenter is, is Tiger Woods back? And that's all everybody's talking about is Tiger Woods finally back. And I don't mind that the talk goes to Tiger Woods for a little bit because that means uh, we don't have to talk about a a basketball player who turns the ball over six times a game and is called a superstar. Or uh, a guy that completes 46.5% of his passes and is the next great quarterback ever and Jeremy Lin and Tim Tebow. So now it's it's Tiger Mania for the rest of the week until somebody else steals the sports headlines. And uh, who knows, that might even be Saturday uh, coming up with the final four. So. Uh, now I haven't had a vacation in a, since October. And before that, it was a long time, a long time, David. And, uh, this, this past week when it was absolutely gorgeous up here and, and, and you were down in, in, in Disney, I, I was thinking about it. Now you say you made it all right with, with all the kids. Do you think it was just like you were so intent on going down there and not getting stressed out and just relaxing and not having stuff that that was part of it? Oh, or-
1: no, no, you, you Don't get me wrong. don't, don't. I got stressed out. I got, oh, I got plenty stressed
0: Okay. Out. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it felt like the entire time we were at Disney World, I was yelling at my nephew the entire time. Cause he's like one of those kids. He's like, he's like one of those kids that just does his own things and oblivious to the rest of the world. Uh huh. So, you know, you you know, you'd be holding, Hey, uh, come on, Connor, take my hand. Pshoom. And he's gone. I mean, takes off and just, you know, you're standing in line and he's like climbing and laying on the floor. Uh-huh. And he's that kind of kid. Okay. So that was stressful. And then, you know, trying to keep everybody happy, that was
0: stressful. Yes.
1: yes. Plus the fact that I was driving everywhere, that was stressful. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: that's, a, that, that's not really a vacation. We had a couple days where we did nothing. So that was, oh, you know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have a couple of those, especially when you got three kids and a a pregnant woman with you. You you gotta have a couple days to just, how, how was your wife doing it? Was that all good? Like, was that relaxing? Yeah, I mean, she was fine. She couldn't go on a lot of stuff.
1: Uh So, you know, a lot of times, okay, well, I'll see you in a little while. And, but yeah, yeah, she made it through.
0: Yeah, stressful, the the amount of stress having kids going through, I, I, I don't know how I would be able to deal with it. I don't think I would cope as, I know I wouldn't cope as, as, as well as you. Now, now, you gotta, your nephew runs at, at, at any, at any point. Now, I worked at Nike Town for a long time and very tourist area. And I saw many, many different ways that parents or people like people you're watching somebody, you know, the, <clears throat> would uh, like try to, try to keep their kids around. The worst one was the leash, the kid leash, which is the, I wor- saw
1: more kids on leashes at Disney World. Than I've ever seen in one place in my entire life. But I, at that place, you can understand why, because like everywhere, it's something to catch your attention. Ooh, ooh, you uh-huh. know, it, I, In a place like that, I can kind of understand. Okay.
0: It. Yeah, I, I, the, I used to get really mad about the kid leash. And then, you know, then I started thinking about it. You know, like, a lot of people freak out about losing their kids. One of them, though, is the one that, a good one, is the bell put a bell on the kid's neck he runs away you can't see him he's so short and the place is so packed you can hear that bell though you and you know you'd be able to get the bell is, is did you do anything in particular to make sure you didn't lose him did you rub a little liver oil on him so you can smell no, it no, no,
1: no just you know just see and make sure they you held on them at all times
0: did, did you do the whole i'll meet you at this spot if you ever uh remember my name is dave olson Uncle kids, Dave. The kids, the, the kids had name tags with their info on it. Oh, really? Okay. Do, do all kids put they put that on all of them when they get there?
1: No, no, no. it's something we made up for them. Okay, that, that's good. You, so yeah. I give you, a, you know, my name is this. If I'm lost, call this number or call this number, or call this number. Oh, that's my awesome. Cell phone, my wife's cell phone and my sister's cell
0: phone. So yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, the the 99.9 percent chance they get picked up by a decent human being. You got nothing to worry about at that point, so that's cool. Exactly. That, that, that's that's good thinking, because that, that's I freak out about that. You know, uh, my bro, everybody loves their kids, and, but you know my brother's really intense about it. Like he's emphatic, he's like over the top. I'm sure he loves them just as much as every other parent loves their kid, but he's just like got to remind you 800 times how much he loves his kids, which is fine. I, I mean, I, I, he does. He treats them phenomenal, but it's to the point where like when I I'm like afraid to watch his kids, afraid if something happens he'll hate me forever. See, I mean, it's like it's like one of those things. It's like, you know, I have a tendency to break and lose things, Gene. So if you want both of your kids back and the one that I that is still here not to be broken, you might not want to watch him with me. Like my my brother has intimidated me from watching his own children because I'm afraid that I might do something. I have other friends they watch my kids. They have no problem. I'm like, you do realize when they come back, there's a high percentage chance that uh, they will have some broken bone. Like, but at least, you know, they like nothing bad other than that's going to happen. They're like, oh, don't, don't worry about it. So, yeah, it's, I have not gotten over that fear of of watching kids. I still do not. Like, when my, when like I was with my like best friends from college this weekend, they had the kids there. I felt totally comfortable around them. You know, if they would have left for a minute, I'd be like, one of you going to fall down and hurt yourself. And they're going to be like, Joel, what did you do? But my kids banged up because of you. That's one, uh, I have no idea what it is. I have a, I would rather get in a fight with Mike Tyson than watch my brother's kids sometimes. I'm so afraid I'm going to mess up and do something stupid. And those kids are smarter than me. They're much smarter than me. They're so freaking conniving. You know, it's like one thing is, you know, make sure they don't paint or anything around the house. Okay, that's good. So don't give them any water to paint. Next thing I know, Uncle Joel, I'm really thirsty. Oh, I'll get you some water. And next, you know, Connor's asking something. The next, I know Reagan's downstairs painting. T- it took her a minute to figure out how to get me to get her water, okay? That, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So to stick me in a room with an 11- and a 10-year-old, I'm going to lose. It's just, it's just I don't have any chance, people, okay? Maybe one day if I have my own kids, I'll end up being a decent dad. But I do know this. I, there's, I have no chance. And just thinking of you on the vacation, Dave, I was just like, man. Because I know i like, oh, eight hours from now, these kids are gone. You're like, seven days from now, I'll be taking these kids back on the same airline that I just flew here with. So uh, I definitely, Coach and I definitely, definitely felt for you. Now, uh, this week, I got a bunch of good stuff planned for you. Uh, we got a, a chef coming on, uh, how to cook, extremely healthy for you. I uh, got a guy by the name of Frank Geraci, and he's involved with uh, this whole uh, energy thing that's going on now. uh Obviously, we all know about the energy problems on the north side uh, of the city of Chicago. Many north suburbs have a lot of uh, uh, problems with outages and stuff like that. Well, in in DuPage, there's no problem with the outages, but they basically uh, they just passed a bill, an uh, aggregation of energy bill that basically said all the extra money that is saved by going to these uh, energy conservation places gets controlled by the county of DuPage. So they're not passing the savings along to the people that are actually... And it was voted on. People voted to let DuPage County control their own money. I'm dumbfounded by this. So uh, he's going to come on tomorrow. So it'll be a little political talk and and, uh, energy talking where people are going to be getting their energy in the future. If you're someone on the North Shore, you should be extremely interested in this because something has to be done. When you have brownouts and blackouts on a routine basis, when you have... when the electricity goes out for 45 minutes and you don't even take issue with it, there's, there's some serious, serious things. So if you're on the, the North Shore and DuPage uh, County, it's a, a definitely going to be an extremely interesting show. We're going to continue to have all, all the other stuff. Now, Coach will be back at the end of the week, but in the meantime, this is going to be me and David Olson. I do appreciate everybody listening. Make sure to like us on Facebook, two guys and a mic, and if you can friend requests this year, man. It's for diehard Cub fans, but if you're a Cardinal fan... Brewer fan, our biggest rivals, and you want to come on and talk smack, feel free. If you're a White Sox fan and you have the ability to actually know how to use the internet, feel free to get on this like this year, man, and feel free to rip me as much as you're possible. I actually enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow. David Olson, he did an absolute phenomenal job, and we'll be back. See everybody tomorrow. Make sure you have your questions. It's going to be all good.